ready to hear what a mental health therapist wants you to know about your mental health journey. Today I'll be sharing some thoughts I have from over 20 years of doing mental health practice. These points might make your road to mental health a little easier to understand. Hi everyone, let me welcome you to the Serenity Capsules podcast. I am Dr. Halcyon Francis. I'm a clinical social worker and I operate a small mental health private practice right outside of Baltimore, Maryland. I started this podcast as a way to keep a connection with my current, past, and future clients. I love my job as a clinical social worker and therapist. I enjoy talking about mental health and wellness. And most of all, I love connecting with people and learning about life. My life is dedicated to helping people create roadmaps to the life experiences they want to have. My personal journey has influenced much of how I interact with others and navigate the world. It is my joy to bring intriguing topics to this platform to assist all of us in getting what we need to live well. While listening to this podcast, I invite you to just be open tune in and receive. On this episode, I'm going to share with you some pointers and thoughts for anyone who is beginning their mental health journey or currently in it. These are 14 things you should know about therapy. Number one, if you're just beginning your therapy journey, it's okay to be scared. This is a big step and most therapists really value you and honor you for taking the step. You're being extremely vulnerable when you decide to take the step of having a stranger listen to your stories, and we honor that. So it is okay to be scared. Number two, you have to shop around for the right therapist. Even though you're ready to begin this journey, you know, you can ask friends or you know, anyone in your social circle who's been to therapy what they think about their therapy sessions. Um, if they want to give you a brief overview of how their therapy experience has been, do they have a recommendation? Would they recommend their therapist to you? Every therapist has different styles. Keep looking until you find your person who fits your style and your schedule. There are numerous lists of therapists out here. You, you don't have to just try and stick with one. If you try one and that's not the person for you, I would say try the person out at least two or three times because sometimes, you know, with different people, it can be a little awkward the first time, but you, you pretty much know who you're going to work with and if they're going to push you the way you need to be pushed when you're in a therapy session um, the first time and what feedback they offer you as well. Always look around, always shop around. Know the difference between what type of therapist you're getting. I'm a clinical social worker. I'm trained differently than a psychologist. There are family therapists. There are just different ways of doing things. And so you have to find the right style for you. Number three, you get out of therapy what you put into it. During the assessment, and my assessments usually take about two to three sessions because I'm asking you about your background, asking you about your family, asking you about anything that I need in order to build a good treatment plan for you. Try to be as honest as you can about sharing your story and what your story entails. Come to therapy if you can with an idea of what it is you need help with. It doesn't hurt. Usually when people th start therapy, it's because they have something on their mind or something they can't get over or overall wellness. Um, I've had several clients who don't really have a particular issue, but they want to work on their self-esteem or sense of self or just need someone to help them figure out who they are at this stage of life. You know, whether or not they've gone through a divorce or had a kid or lost a parent, all of those 
things can change a person. So sometimes you just need to bounce something off of, of another person and just share your, your feelings with another person. And that's perfectly okay. But if there's something you really want to get out of therapy, be very strategic and come to that therapist and go, look, this is what I see. This is what I need help with. And we'll, we'll do our best to do so. Number four, healing takes time. And I know you've probably heard this before. It is not linear. You can start to feel great for three months. And then one month you may have a setback and you're like, what happened? That is a part of change. That is what happens. Even if you're on a weight loss journey, you may find that you are doing so well from March until August. And then all of a sudden August comes and you just have a, you know, you go to a a family event, and then that just kind of takes you off track. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm off track. So you have to then jump back on and do it again. This is exactly how mental health therapy works. Four sessions is not enough time for you to see the changes you really want to see. You may see changes, you may feel differently, but you're not going to see exactly what you want. I've had one person come to therapy and after the third session said they didn't see any difference. Okay. It's three sessions. It's just not possible. Unless you go to a therapist who specializes in brief treatment modalities, don't expect miracles to happen in three weeks. Again, I've had people tell me that after the first session, they feel so much more relieved because usually telling your story or just sharing with someone who's not being judgmental feels good. And so that's what you will get from it week after week, but you have to try it long enough. Always tell people if you're trying therapy, but you really don't believe in it, but you want to try it, give it three months. But make those three months worth it. Engage with your therapist. Talk. Bring stuff to the table. Try it at least for three months and see if you see a difference in yourself. Number five, stop telling therapists what your friends or your aunties or your parents told you what your diagnosis is and what you should be working on. Same goes for treatment modalities. After a while, you know, we're working together and you go, well, my aunt says that I should be working on this and this is where I should be. So your family members and your friends may not even know everything you're bringing into the therapy session. Their opinion, yes, to you might be valuable, but we're also working on other things. They think you should be this place in your development, but you develop how you develop. What I do love is when clients do their own research you know, say they've heard of a different treatment modality. I'm going through the certification right now for brain spotting treatment. I had a client who did their own sp own uh, research on brain spotting and came back to me and said, okay, let's try this type of setup or this or this. Loved it. Do your own research on treatment modalities or diagnoses and come back and discuss it. Number six, if you're not going to do the homework assignments that are given, let us know. And tell us, you know, I don't have the time to do any outside activities. I want to come to therapy. I want to talk. And that's it. But doing a whole bunch of journaling activities or no problem. Because you're actually saving us time and you're saving yourself time as well. Number seven, with that in mind, therapy is a commitment. If you don't have the time to do it, don't do it. There are several times where, you know, therapists will get clients whose intentions are good. But they haven't really done an inventory of, okay, Tuesday at 4 p.m., I am going to put aside one hour so I can have my therapy session. They don't actually reserve that time. My most successful clients are the ones who have said, all right, this is my time. It's almost like, you know, going to the gym. Tuesdays at 4 o'clock, I'm blocking this off, and that's it. They block it off at work so they don't get any phone calls. They block it off for friends and family. They don't exactly have to tell the friends and family in the work what they're doing, but that time is blocked off, and it doesn't matter to anyone else what they're doing. They just know that between 4 and 5 p.m., 
this is their therapy time. It's just like going to get a massage or going to get your nails done or whatever. You have to set, a time, set aside that time for therapy or it's just not going to work. Number eight, stop calling therapists on behalf of your spouse or other people you know who you insist need help. At least once a month, I get an email or a phone call from a spouse who wants their partner to begin therapy. And my response to them is, I'm glad you're reaching out. I'm glad you're supporting your partner, but I need your partner to call me. I don't know how your partner feels. Have no idea. I have, I have no idea how your partner feels about starting this therapy journey. You may set up an appointment and then the partner may not even show up because this is not something they wanted to do. Therapy is one of those things where if you're not ready to do it, you're not going to be ready to do it. And that's it. No one else can force you to go. No one else can force you to attend. No one else can force you to talk. It just doesn't work. So my advice that if you have someone in your life, specifically a spouse, that you want to start therapy, talk to them and have them research who they would like to work with, have them reach out and let them start their own journey. Number nine, we are not judging you. Therapists are here to listen, provide feedback, um, sometimes guidance if needed. We don't give advice, but we might provide a little bit of direction or quest provide questions that make you think about issues differently but you're not being judged by us at all. Number 10, referrals are awesome. We appreciate referrals very much. My business at this point is based heavily off of referrals. And you know why I like that? I like that because I work with clients that I really like, who I think will are motivated to do the work. And usually those clients have friends and sometimes family members who think the same way. They have, you know, highly motivated friends. They have friends who, you know, want to start this journey and want to do well. So I love referrals, specifically if it's someone you know or in passing have spoken with about your therapy experience. Number 11, you can plateau with a therapist. There might come a point where you feel like you're just having, you know, just regular conversations, which is fine. But after seeing a therapist for maybe two years and you've crossed off your goals, treatment goals, and you've achieved them and things are going well, it is very possible for you to plateau with a therapist. And again, it's fine. And what I do is I have this conversation with my clients. You know, we've, we've uh, achieved all your goals. We talk about different things. Let's cut back on your sessions and it becomes more of maintenance. Number 12, we are not your friends and we not we should not be your friends. We may have very good relationships, good therapeutic relationships, but there are boundaries in the therapeutic relationship, which again can come into another episode. We have boundaries and specifically as a clinical social worker, I have ethical boundaries that I cannot cross. 13, which piggybacks off of number 12, confidentiality. Whatever you say to us will never be shared unless, of course, you just you make statements stating that you're going to harm yourself or harm someone else. I cannot share any information about you unless you give me permission to do so. And that will be in writing um, in a consent form. Everything you say to us is confidential. Number 14, the most important thing. We want to see you grow and do better. It gives me immense joy when... I see even, I call it movement, 10% of movement in the right direction with a, with a client. Specifically when a client comes and they, said, they say they feel stuck in a certain area of their lives. 
when they come and say, guess what? I decided to apply for apply for another job. I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. That takes confidence. It takes a lot of energy to do something that you haven't done, especially in an area where, where you feel stuck. And so I just get so happy when I see that because to me, that is improvement. Again, it brings me pleasure when, you know, I've closed out a case with a client and then months later, I get an email stating, hey, you know, just wanted to check in and let you know I'm doing doing so well. This is what's happening in my life. And it just it just it makes this so much more worth it. So with that being said, those are the 14 things you should know about therapy. I'm sure there are plenty more, but those are just some I wanted to share with you. If you want to keep in touch with me or you have feedback about what I've shared today, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I am at H. F Associates LLC and I look forward to hearing from you and I look forward to connecting with you in another episode of Serenity Capsules.